Hello, and welcome to the One Link Podcast. I'm Amy, and I'm here with Brad. Good as always to be here, Amy. Today in our podcast, we are going to go up to a 10,000-foot view and talk about the ultimate reason why we want to see the gospel go to the nations. Brad, can you tell us more? Yes, there are a lot of things that excite us and motivate us about wanting to see the nations reached with the gospel. All good things, you know, thinking about our friends that we've met overseas coming to Christ, thinking about the joy we experience partnering with God in this endeavor. And these are all a really important part of how God invites us into his work. But today we want to talk about how all of this ultimately leads to something. And that is it ultimate, the ultimate goal of all this of the gospel going to the nation is that nations that God would be glorified. That sounds great. So, how would you like to tackle this topic? Well, we should probably start from the beginning and make sure we don't take anything for granted. We need to remember that we are we were created to bring glory to God. That's our purpose. We exist to be glorifiers of God. And that is the purpose of every person and every people group in the world. And so the question is, how do we and how do the peoples of the world glorify God, bring glory to him? And, and how do we be essentially who we are created to be? And so I'd like to take a little trip through the Bible together and, and hear, uh, look at some, some key verses. Sounds great. So what verses would you like to start with? Amy, could you read for us uh, Revelation 7, 9 through 10? After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to God forever and ever. Amen. Hmm, amen. I love this image. This is probably my favorite scene in the book of Revelation. Yeah, it is a beautiful picture of worship. Yeah, exactly. So what we just read here is one of the things that the author of this book, John, sees when he gets kind of a little sneak peek up into heaven. And what we see is perhaps the best picture of what it looks like for people to be what God created them to be, and that is devoted worshipers of him. You see people praising God, falling down before him, thanking him for the salvation he's given them. The picture we get here is a multitude of people who are just so grateful to be there and be in the presence of the most beautiful and awe-inspiring thing in all the universe. Yes, and I'm sure it will be more wonderful and satisfying than we could even imagine to be worshiping God before his throne for all of eternity. Absolutely. And John gives a lot of detail in describing this multitude that is there. He says they are made up of people from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Now, you know, John could have just told us there was a great multitude there, period, or even that there were a lot of different people there, but he leaves no ambiguity in his description that he's trying to say that every people group in the world is there. They all have representatives worshiping before the throne. It is going to be wonderful to see such a diverse group of people who are unified in one purpose, and that is glorifying the Lord. It will be amazing. And I think John's description is significant in that it gives us a view of what will most glorify God in the end. And that is the diverse and wonderful worship of every single people group in the world. And so this is why we want to be a part of the gospel going to every people group in the world so that they can become eternal worshipers of God. 
So, Brad, can you share with us how we can know from this one description that God is most glorified when he receives the worship of every single people group in the world? Couldn't it be said that it's it's conceivable that John's wording in this passage is just a beautiful description of a multitude of people that happens to have a lot of different types of people in it? How can we know for sure that this is a rally cry to take the gospel to all nations? It's a good point. And if this were just a one-off in the scriptures, it might be conceivable to say that, well, you know, while certainly God wants as many people as possible to be worshiping him in heaven, there isn't any clear teaching in the Bible that this has to include every single people group. After all, there are plenty of people who are lost you know, around us. It's going to take a lot more work and resources towards, you know, to work towards every people group getting the gospel. So certainly it would be more efficient to only focus on reaching those around us. So it's a valid question. You know, why should we prioritize the gospel going to every single people group? So let's explore further what the Bible has to say about this. That's a good point. So is this kind of all nations or all people groups language used elsewhere in the Bible? Well, John himself used it several more times in Revelation. Would you read for us again, Amy, in uh, Revelation 14, 6? It says, Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. So here John is describing another scene, and then this one, this angel has the eternal gospel that's to be proclaimed to every nation, tribe, language, and people. So again, exact same language. I mean, it's almost kind of over the top. He could have just used one of these words to describe who the, the gospel was for, but he wants to make sure we know that this is for every people group out there, every nation, every tribe, language, people. And we particularly see this idea of all nations repeated throughout the Bible. I mean, John uses it again in the very next chapter, in chapter 15. And many times when the Bible talks about all nations, it isn't just a description like here, but rather it's a command. And we could probably think of a few just right now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Luke twenty four forty seven. it says, And that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matthew twenty four fourteen. The gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. Or in Mark thirteen ten, it says, The gospel must first be preached to all the nations. Matthew twenty eight nineteen. what we often call the Great Commission, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And this is just a small sample of the verses that talk about the gospel going to all nations. Now, it's important to note here in the when the Bible is saying all nations in these verses, the Greek word that's being used here is ethne. Yes, this is where we get words like ethnicity and ethnic from, right? Right, correct. Yeah, this, this is uh, when, when the Bible says the gospel must go to all nations, it's not talking about, you know, America, Russia, this kind of thing. It means every ethne out there, every ethnic group in the world. The word we often use for this is every people group in the world. And so it's God's will that ta ethne, all nations, receive the gospel, receive the grace that has been provided for them through Christ and become eternal worshipers of him. Amen. May it be so. So, Brad, can you help us bring this back to the idea we first started out with about the glory of God? Well, we know from the scriptures that people coming to faith obviously glorifies God. Uh, in a verse that I love is 2 Corinthians 4.15. Paul says to the Corinthians here, All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. 
So here Paul is talking about more and more people, they're being reached with God's grace through Jesus. And this is causing people to give thanks, to praise God. And the result of this is that it is all to the glory of God. God gets the glory in this process. So as we probably aren't surprised to know, people receiving the grace of God brings him glory. So then couldn't we say in that case that the goal of missions efforts is just to see as many people saved as possible rather than making sure that they're from every people group? As you said earlier, we could certainly reach people easier and maybe faster if we just shared with those who are around us here in America. From the standpoint of God receiving glory, wouldn't that make more more sense? Well, in a sense, we do want to see as many people possible as possible saved, and we also want to be faithful right here in America, but we have to remember that the picture of what eternity will be like, worshipers of all nations, and also all these commands to take the gospel to the nations, you know, God must have a reason for emphasizing this so much in his word. Yes, and what is the purpose of all this? Well, I believe we can conclude, uh, you know, about all these things in the scriptures that we've looked at, that nothing is going to stop, you know, nothing's going to stop God from being glorified and even from maximizing, so to speak, his glory. God is going to get all the glory that he desires and deserves in the end. Amen. And so the picture we see in Revelation of God being glorified by people of all nations is significant. Somehow God is most glorified when he receives the praises of people from all nations. That somehow that diversity the beauty of people who are so different yet unified in one thing, somehow all of that is what will most glorify God. Or otherwise, we would have been given a different picture of eternity and a whole bunch of different commands. Yeah, and this is apparently so important to the plans and purposes of God that the return of Jesus is connected to all nations receiving the gospel, as we saw in that verse in Matthew 24. So that is a confirmation of what you're saying as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, Brad, maybe I can summarize for our listeners. We're saying that God has created people on the earth to glorify him by being eternal worshipers of him. And God's plan isn't just that a lot of people or as many possible would become worshipers, but it is that people from every nation, from every people group, that is, would become worshipers and glorifiers of him. That is what will happen and what will most glorify God. So the picture we see in Revelation 7 is God receiving the glory that he is worth of all nations. Does that sound about right? Yes. And we have the wonderful privilege of getting to be a part of God receiving the glory due his name. When we join him in the task of bringing the gospel to all nations, we get to be a part of that process. And wow, that is a wonderful and awesome privilege. Yeah, it is. And to bring it down from the 10,000 foot level, when we look out at the world and see so many people groups who have few or no worshipers of Christ, it should burden us to want to see them become glorifiers of our great God. And we are praying that this podcast and our efforts will help mobilize people to this call. Well, Brad, it looks like we are about out of time. As always, you can contact us at podcast.onelink at gmail.com. Write to us with your questions and thoughts. We'll see you next time on the One Link Podcast. See you next time.